Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today I have with me returning guest Joe Song, and he talks to us about his career transition that recently happened. He was a pastor at a church, and he is now a trooper、uh, in the Georgia State Patrol. So it's a very drastic change, and I was curious to hear from him what prompted it, what happened, you know, just to get the story behind all that. So. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating, pretty interesting in terms of what pastors have been going through、uh, during COVID. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. We have a good friend of mine joining us again, Pastor Joe Song. Just because you're not. Actively, former, a Wait, former but, pastor, but just because you're not a pastor right now, does that mean your title gets removed? Ex pastor, well, is that is that is that how it works? Like, if you're not a practicing pastor, you're not. I, I actually have no idea, <laughs> right? Because, yeah, you get like the pastoral, like, anointment ceremony thing, right? Right, right, ordination, ordination, that's right, that's、yes. what it's called. Yeah, so it's like they can't remove that title from you, right? Well, I mean, I guess it, whatever. Ordaining body, you know, did it.、Mm-hmm. I guess they could remove it, and then you won't be ordained by that denomination or whatever.、Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, I mean, pastor is kind of like a, I guess it's, I mean, so there's that official title, but I feel like it's also kind of like what it's relational, right?、Mm-hmm. Like to some people,、um, you know, it's like who this is my pastor, right? Like,、yeah. like youth pastors are not ordained, but like, you know, people consider them pastors.、Yeah. So I guess it's just semantics. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because you, you still embody a lot of the characteristics of a pastor. So, do you get offended when people call you pastor?、Or、no. Is it, is it like weird? I think it'd be a silly thing to be offended by. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't call me that. Yeah, I mean, some people, I, there was a youth pastor that I had、yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, what's his name?、Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>、um, Let's talk about him. <laughs> I, he was my pastor, and then he, he left our church, and then I saw him again later, and I was like, oh, hey, Pastor Blank. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm not a pastor anymore. Don't call me that. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, maybe some people that like to distance this, themselves from that,、mm. that title. Because,、mm. you know, it is people do treat you differently when、mm. they're like, oh, this is pastor, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for coming.、Um, you've been、uh, hanging out. Don't call me pastor. You've <laughs> <laughs> been hanging out a lot recently.、Um, most notably, you've been getting me to wake up at like, 5 30 in the morning. <laughs> it seems like it's a it's a theme with things I do to make you do. <laughs> yeah, always something that I don't want to do. But we've been we've been、uh, spending a lot of time、um, just like, I don't even know what to call it. It's not quite discipleship, it's、uh, not quite accountability. On my calendar, it's called Morning Men. Morning Men. <laughs> That's what it's on my calendar. I, I call it a Starbucks with JJ because it's, it's you and、uh, Chu Jin. Right, right. The three of us. Who was on your podcast last,、yeah. right? Yeah. So actually, that's,、uh, I'm glad you're here in this sequence, this order, because on that podcast, you haven't heard it yet because I haven't released it. But, oh, I've heard it. Oh, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Did you? Hack into my computer. Yeah, I did. <laughs> is, that, is that what the troopers t- that, have、right. taught you to do? I've climbed through the window and listened to all the stuff on your、oh. hard drive. Oh, wow. So, but、uh, we talk a lot about you.、Um, and it's because you were formerly his pastor. Right.、Um, and he talked about kind of a really transformational time in his life. Do you remember any of it? 
I don't remember a lot of things. I have a really bad memory. Uh. Like I have a very, I have a very bad long term and short term. I just have a bad memory. Like I'll forget people. But I mean, so I think I mean I'm, it depends on what it is. Uh. But there's lots of times where people are like, oh, like you know, do you remember saying this to me? It, like changed my life or whatever. And uh. and I'll be like, I have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> or no, I, like I have no idea, no recollection of that moment or that thing that I said. Uh. I I like to. Uh, one, I have a bad memory, but I also like to attribute a lot of that to like, you know, especially if it's something that impacted someone really deeply, mm. that it was really, I don't know, I'd I like to say that it was probably the Holy Spirit leading me to say certain things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, maybe I don't, God doesn't let me remember some of these things so that mm-hmm. I won't hold on to it, you know, and be like, wow. oh, look at all these th- things that I've done because I literally don't remember. So mm. it, it can't add to, I can't boast about it because yeah. I don't even recall it. So Wow. No, that's that's good. But because he he was telling me about how when he first was at your church, I believe it was Bethany. Yeah. Right. Um, and he felt he was a little he was self admittedly arrogant because he like came out of an Ivy League school. Cornell. Mm-hmm. Smart and, guy. <laughs> and he was you know out on his own starting his career, whereas a lot of people around his age were still living with their parents, whatnot. Right. And he he was saying how like he was kind of a big jerk. Um, and then until one day you called him out to dinner at a pizza place and you said to him, do you love God or are you a Christian or something? And he was like, yeah. And you were like, then why don't you act like it? Yeah. So it's yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because that, when I heard that, I was like, I barely knew him. <laughs> like looking back, I'm like, man, that's, I don't know. That's... So what prompted you to say that? Is that just your style? I, I mean, I think people who know me would they would be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is kind of how I am, like very blunt. Yeah. Um, I think when I, I don't like when I, if I sense that, like, you know, God is prompting me to say something, mm. like I'll just go out and say it, mm. you know? I, I, and I do, I like that moment I do remember. So mm. I, I do think that was a kind of like a God prompted moment where, I mean, I'm pretty blunt in general, but like it, where he pushes me to be a, a lot more, like, you know, like cutting, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, especially because I didn't have much of a relationship at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually I would save that for people I, I'm a little bit more built, a little bit more rapport with. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think for him, there's just I just knew. I mean, I, I felt like like I, I can sense that, you know, he had a genuine he had a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But then that's why I think I felt a little safer just being like, bro, like mm-hmm. calling him out on it. Be like, yeah. you're not acting like you know, like a Christian right now, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that really cut, cut him. And I, g- I guess it was a pretty pinnacle moment in his life, yeah. his faith journey. So, yeah. I mean, I, as someone who knows you, it, when I heard it, it didn't surprise me, but it did make me think, I can't think of another pastor who would be as blunt, you know, because <laughs> it's like a very unique style. To who you. lacks so much tact. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I, but that's, some, that's something I, I think, uh, I admire I admire about you um, because you do kind of just say things truthfully. Um, so when I hear you say something that might be like complimentary toward me, like I think I can say, oh, I'm confident that you actually think that, you know, because otherwise you would either A, not mention it or you would tell me the truth, which is I don't think that, like, you know, I don't think that's great or, you know. Right, yeah, right. So yeah. it's... Uh, the inte- the level of integrity it takes to um, be viewed like that, I think, is pretty high. So, 
Yeah, I, I think it takes it takes practice too. Mm. You know, because I think like we often say things that we that are not true mm-hmm. or that we don't really mean, but we say it because that's it's either polite or culturally expected. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like I had to like intentionally try to make decisions to, you know, to kind of cut that out of my vocabulary. Mm. Right. For example, like when you. I don't know if I... Okay, maybe you can cut this out. <laughs> but like, you know, when someone has a new baby, uh-huh. right? And you feel obligated when you go and they're, you know, and yeah. you're, you're obligated to be like, oh, like, you're beautiful. Or yeah, like, oh, yeah, what yeah. a cute baby, right? But sometimes, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's not... It sometimes just looks like a baby. Like, not all newborns... Some newborns aren't... Most newborns don't look super cute. No. Right? They look 100%. weird. 100%. You know? And so I won't... I often I won't say like, oh, they're so cute. Because yeah. to me, if I don't feel that way, I'll yeah. say... I'll just, you know, I think I got this from someone else. Like someone, they just like, they state facts about, they're like, oh, it's a baby. Oh, two eyes. That's a baby. All right. Oh, it's a boy. (laughs) You know, just factual statements Uh, that are true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. Even my own kids, when they are like fresh out of the womb, they kind of look like aliens. They don't look that. Yeah. yeah. It's not until. Even as a father, sometimes you can still see, Mm. you know? Yeah. Still see what? That you know, ugly. yeah, that's they're, they're not the best looking sometimes. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? Like my, I think Ezra was not as cute as an infant, mm. you know. And I was like, oh, he looks a little weird. Mm. Well, you know, I mean, he looks okay now. He looks good now. That might be because uh, Elizabeth was so cute. Yes, my do- my first was very yeah. adorable. Yeah, she was like really plump, yeah. really cute. Right. Yeah. She peaked when she was two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, it blows my mind how big she is now. Yeah, I think there was a period where I didn't see her kids like during during COVID. And then, like, when I, like, suddenly started going over to your house again, I was like, when did you get so tall? And, like, when did you get so coherent in your speech? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just lost all of the non-parents on your podcast. They all <laughs> immediately shut off. Oh. All right. All right. Bring it back. Reel it back all in. All right. Uh, so, uh, the other thing um, I wanted to talk to you about was during COVID, yeah, kind of the tail end of it, you had a substantial life change that happened. Yes. In your in your career. Yes. I wanted to just dig a little deeper into that. Okay. Just to kind of like, because I don't think pastors who decided to make a change in their life during COVID, I don't think that's a unique situation to you. Like, right. I feel like a lot of pastors, even in our circles, have like made changes. Yeah. Um. So I, is there something that happened? Um. But, but before we get into the whys. Can we talk about the what happened, like what what you're doing now? Okay. Well, uh, well, I am currently a Georgia State Trooper, mm. and um, those are basically you know highway highway cops, mm. right? We we focus on the road. You know, you're on the highway getting the tickets, probably from a state trooper. Mm. We have the big hats, <laughs> you know, the big funny hats. Uh-huh. So and the blue uniforms. Yeah, the right? blue uniforms, blue yeah. and gray cars. Yeah, yeah. So what made you? change your vocation to that of all the things that you could have done honestly i don't like you know when i went to trooper school i just got out of trooper school um recently but yeah when i go like a a lot of the guys there they're just like man this has been my lifelong dream Mm. i've wanted to be a a state trooper like specifically like they've wanted to be a state trooper since they were children or there's like older guys who have switched careers were like man i've been yeah i've been wanting to do this forever but i was never able to and i'm finally like fulfilling my dream Mm. and they're like what about you you know, song, what about you? And I'm just like, um, I've wanted to be a state trooper since like two months ago. <laughs> and here I am and I'm about to be one. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, yeah, it was, is never a lifelong 
dream, nor was like law enforcement or anything like that ever something that was in my in my plans. Uh-huh. If honestly, like if you told me a year and a half ago, like my year and a half ago self, like I'm a state trooper, or two mm. years ago self, I would never, I would not have believed you, because mm. I don't think it was. I definitely don't think this is where I was gonna. I saw myself like two, even two years ago. Mm. Um, I'd have been like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> that is insane." Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty crazy change mm. in my life's trajectory. Yeah, yeah. And so there was literally just woke up one day and said, "I'll try being a kind of state trooper. yeah." It was kind of like it was just really because I mean, like I mean, for so a little bit of background, I've been a I, I've been a pastor full time for about twelve years. Mm-hmm. Um, in ministry and there's all the only job that i've ever done in my life i mean besides you know little side jobs here like being a uh, barista or mm-hmm. photographer like but those are side gigs like right my main profession my entire adult life has been ministry mm-hmm. and it's been my goal since i was about 15 mm-hmm. and it, apparently before that because like my mom told me that there was like a picture that she saved from when i was like a first grader a second grader mm-hmm. you know you know, they have those like, what do you want to be when you grow up sorts of pictures? Yeah. And like, you know, she saved it because, um, you know, the teacher pointed out how unique it was because like all the other kids were drawing like firemen or, you know, policemen right. or <laughs> astronauts or whatever. And like I drew like, like I drew like a, she didn't know what it was. And mm. then she asked me, what is this? And, and it said it was a pastor. It was like a wow. picture of like, I guess someone with a Bible or something. And mm. I mean, maybe that's because my dad was a pastor, mm. but uh, my mom saved it because she felt like. I think from that moment on, she knew like he was going to be a pastor mm. and like that was something she kind of cherished. And then when I got, you know, I felt like I got that ministry call when I was 15. Um, and I, that's all I wanted. My entire, like everything in my life was like, this is all I want to do. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, I had no other desire to do anything else. And so, yeah, that's, 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 so that's why it, it's so strange to me now that I'm doing something different. Yeah. So what made you then, being that it was kind of a like you were talking about how the troopers it was like their lifelong dream to be a trooper for you your actual lifelong dream was to be a pastor yeah which you had achieved yeah so like what like made you leave that like um honestly like so is i mean it was i mean obviously it was a it was a journey but Mm. i think during covid and i think you what you said was like a lot of people either changed professions or moved around in terms Mm -hmm. of ministry Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's because, yeah, during COVID, you know, we all remember, like, church was all online or mm-hmm. through Zoom. There's no in-person meetings anymore. And uh, I think that gave a lot of pastors time to kind of, you know, take a step back from mm-hmm. church and all their activities and small groups and retreats. Like, we don't have to do any of that, mm-hmm. right? We just had to just hop on Zoom. I mean, right? And I think we, we weren't meeting with anyone physically. And so I think that really made us think about like what is church Mm. like what is ministry like what are we actually doing when Mm. you pull away like pretty much everything like what do we have left and i I imagine that's why a lot of pastors either changed up things or left you know Mm. like maybe they realize like oh maybe this isn't what i should be doing because it really did force us to pause and to i guess analyze our our lives and our ministries and what what it is that we are we're doing right now and Mm. so um, I think for me, it just gave me time to think about, um, my struggle was I always felt like I didn't, I didn't know what else to do with my church. Mm. I, 
I didn't know what was that like after COVID when we all get back together. Yeah. It's like, what then? Like, you know, mm. what's next? And, uh, I didn't know. I couldn't answer that question. Mm. And so, you know, what do you do as a, as a Christian when you, when you don't have a vision or you don't know what to do, like you pray. Right. And so I, I did, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and my God, what's next? What's the next thing? Cause you know, as the leader of a church, you're supposed to lead your people to the next thing that mm. you feel like God wants all of your people to do. Yeah. Right. And, um, and for me, you know me, like I, I can't make it up. I can't just, unless I like believe it with a hundred percent of yeah. my heart, I, I just can't do it. I, it'll break me trying to fake something. Yeah. Um, and I'll be completely miserable. Mm. And, uh, and so I think I just couldn't find, I just couldn't find it. And I kept asking God, like, God, like I'm, give me the answer. Mm. Like, what's the next thing you want me to lead your people? And he wouldn't give me an answer. And so, you know, usually it's just, oh, then pray harder mm. or fast, you know? Yeah. So you just, you start doing all the different spiritual disciplines to try to hear from God more clearly. Right. Mm. And I was doing all the things. I was like reading my Bible every day, praying, you know, like, yeah, like you know, it would fast, like went off, you know, try to like go off into the wilderness <laughs> and, you know, go like camping. Yeah. Like, yourself. you know, like things like all that stuff that I've, um, and then, you know, in years past, like, you know, you do those things and God would give you like, okay, here's the next thing. Mm. Right. And, uh, I kept asking out what's the next thing for our church that I need to lead our people. And like, he wouldn't give me that answer. Mm. And I just kept asking the question. And then I think I met up with a friend of mine and, uh, he was like, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Right. He was like, maybe, maybe the, maybe he's not giving you an answer because the question, you know, it's not like, what do you, like, what's the next thing you want for me to do in the church? Like, why don't you ask God, like, do you even want me to be leading in the church, in the church or like leading the church at, as mm -hmm. a pastor? Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would I ever ask that question? Yeah. Of course I'm going to be the pastor. Yeah. Um, but then I just never thought to, yeah, I guess I was like, I guess I should ask mm. a different question. And then when I started asking the different question, like things started to like kind of make more sense. Mm. Like, huh, like maybe I'm not, maybe there's no vision for the next season in ministry because the next season of my life is not going to be in ministry. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? Like, you know, that's like something I've never considered because like ministry was everything. Mm. It was my identity. It was who I am. You know, that's, yeah, I'm Pastor Joe. Like, that's literally, like, my entire identity <laughs> mm -hmm. and everything I've ever looked for or thought. It was something I always thought was going to be there. Mm -hmm. So I never even thought to ask, like, is it even where you want me to be anymore? Mm. And I think when I started to open that up, uh, yeah, I don't know. I felt like God was kind of, yeah, opening up thoughts and, and different avenues of thoughts and opening up different things. Mm. And, uh I think some of the things that I realized about who I was that God made me was not getting fulfilled in ministry either. Hmm. Like, you know, there's always been this sense of danger and excitement and, you know, I don't know. I've always gravitated towards sort of riskier things, Yeah, you know, things that, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I, I got into boxing, you know, used to ride motorcycles, uh, you know, like, you know, just anything that's like dangerous or, or wild or adventurous or something like that. I always kind of like gravitated to, towards those things. And I feel like in my daily work life, like as a pastor, it's like super not that, right, you know, like the and opposite I, of that. Right. And I have to like create these sorts of 
like artificial dangers in my life where mm. I have to like, yeah, go sign up for like a fighting thing or, mm. you know, whatever, go into the woods and be out alone and, you know, try to scare myself, you know, or <laughs> just put myself in dangerous situations. And yeah. so I think there was that part of me that was kind of bored as well mm. when it came to just the daily just a life of ministry, which mm-hmm. is just like sitting at a coffee shop talking with people, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't satisfying certain, I guess, I don't know, primal parts of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was also a factor too, where I was just like, man, like, do I want to, yeah, like, I don't know, like, is there anything else out, out there mm-hmm. that I could do that? So, you know, that's what I, I guess that was another piece yeah. of why I think I chose law going into law enforcement uh, as part of that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, and then finally, like, I think another piece was like, I've, one of the things I've preached and, you know, if you were in my church, you would know that I'm always preaching about, um, bringing the gospel into your workplace, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like living it like among where, where the people are, not just in the church, but out there. And, but my whole life has been spent working in the church. Mm. I don't know what it's like out there, you know? And, uh, but I'm telling everyone who's out there to go and bring, take the gospel out there in your workplaces. But I, I like, honestly, like I've never, I'm telling them to do something I've never done. Mm. So I think there was a part of me that did always feel a little like, is this real? Like, is this realistic to mm. even ask people to do this? Yeah. How, you know, when I've never actually done it, like for me, sharing the gospel in my workplace is really easy because it's literally my job. Mm-hmm. It's easy to share the gospel at church because that's what's expected. Yeah. But yeah, when I'm like, yeah, go out there among your coworkers, just live out the gospel. Like, what does that mean in the real world? Mm. Right. And like, I'm like, man, like I've been preaching about this for all this time. Like I have to go do it, you know? Mm. And, um, so for me, I think I had, I had to try Mm. and to even see like, do, do people out there even want the gospel? Mm. I've been told that they do. (laughs) I've been told people want, need this, uh-huh. but I've never really taken that step in to really go out there to be like, do people out there who are not at church already seeking this? Like, do they need, do they want it? Do they need it? Mm. Um, and that's, you know, I'm still figuring that out because hmm. I'm still trying to get out there, Wow, I guess. So your kind of criteria of finding something outside of ministry that brings about a sense of danger where you can share the gospel kind of narrowed it down to law enforcement i guess you could have easily gone into like semi-professional boxing if you wanted to right (laughs) no 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 there's no i enjoy that but i have no talent for like that for longtime listeners if you listen to the first episode i did with joe that you you kind of get into that um about how like you got into boxing and like how oh. you sold your motorcycle to buy your engagement ring. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, I started like try to start a fight club or right, whatever, right. like a Christian right. fight club. Yeah, that's the thing though. Right. So there's that 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 desire for danger or uh-huh. something, and I'm trying to like marry it with ministry, mm. you know. And it was I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe this is a manifestation of those things, mm-hmm. right? So, so how was that decision received by? like your family uh-huh so especially like your wife yeah and like your parents who not well <laughs> <laughs> not. yeah because you mentioned your dad is a pastor yeah a pastor. Uh, he you know he is he's he's actually finishing like maybe 30 something years of ministry he's oh, finishing wow. out okay. he's gonna retire um retire at the end of this year uh-huh. so he's he's like finished the race uh-huh. you know uh-huh. he's done it 
Um, so I'm super proud of him. Yeah. You know, for people who have, who haven't lived in minute, it's so hard. Mm. It's really difficult to be faithful like that. Yeah. And uh, to finish well is, you know, usually people finish, but it's it's because they don't finish well, you know, mm. or something terrible happens, or they get burnt out, or um, whatever. But yeah, for him, he really he finished, and so I'm proud of him. Uh, but yeah, so coming from like a family of ministry, uh, yeah, well, so my wife, let's start, you asked my wife mm-hmm. uh, first. So Grace, um, yeah, she was shocked when mm-hmm. I told her because it was kind of like one day I was like, hey, I'm going to think about applying for, you know, the state patrol. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? And <laughs> she's like, what? And I think it just, it took a couple of days where she was like, let me pray mm-hmm. and let me ask God about it. Mm-hmm. And um because obviously, you know, she's, it's, any wife, it's like, man, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's a dangerous profession and this is going to change everything about our lives. Mm. Um, but then after a few days for her, like asking the Lord, the, the answer that she got, she like the consistent answer that she got from God was to support your husband and trust him. Mm. Or maybe it was trust him as in not me, uh-huh. but trust him, God, trust, uh-huh. like uh-huh. support your husband and then trust me uh-huh. right and uh wow. so that's what she she was like i don't know if this is the right thing you know if this is, job is the right job for you or not but i i'm just getting the sense from the lord that i'm just supposed to support you right now mm. and i just, and i'm just gonna trust god mm. and so she, once she got that answer she was like all right whatever you feel like god is leading you to do like yeah go for it. i'm here i'm gonna wow. support you and wow. i was just like you are the greatest wife <laughs> that anyone could ask for because wow. you know like yeah she and that's that's all i was really thankful for that i yeah. think it would have been really hard i couldn't have done it if she wasn't behind me so mm-hmm. that was that and my prayer to the lord was like god i'm gonna all right i'm gonna go for this thing and uh the i guess the biblical image that i was that i had in my mind that kind of came to me at that time was like, you know, when the Israelites were, were traveling in the wilderness, you know, they're like, I, they didn't know what was like, what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't know where they're going, uh, what it was going to look like. And there was, a, there was, God would lead them with fire and like, you know, like he, like he was the rear guard and their, you know, their vanguard, mm-hmm. like the spirit of God with fire and, and clouds mm-hmm. day or night, he would be leading them, going before them, you know, being behind them. And uh, that was kind of the, the picture I got. So I'm like, Lord, like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know if this is the right thing, mm. but I'm just going to go and I'm going to trust that you're going. In, but you have to go ahead of me. Mm. You have to guard me. And you, and if you're going ahead of me, I know you're going to make you're going you're gonna to make a way. You're going to make this happen. You're going to just enable give me the ability and the opportunities to do what I have to do to become this thing, mm. this, this state trooper, because mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things against me like. Physically, I'm a lot older than most guys who go into this profession, mm-hmm. right? Most of these are like young 20, 20 year old something. I'm like 30. I was 36 when I applied. Is it usually like straight out of college? Yeah, like, there's a lot. Yeah, mostly it's like younger guys because you have to, you know, the training super rigorous, right. like physically mm-hmm. and um, things like that. So I was like, I don't know even know if I can do this as an old man. Mm-hmm. And um, just think, and you know, the, the application process is very selective. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we had um, several thousand um, apply for this for my class. Mm-hmm. And I think only 75 got selected in the end. Oh, wow. Yeah. So th- of, that's 75 that graduated out of the. No, no, that's 75 that started oh, trooper school. Wow. And only 41 of us graduated. Wow. 
So the selection process is pretty, you know, yeah. it's pretty rigorous in terms of like who they allow and who they select and how many people even get through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things where I was just like, God, like if you want me to be a state trooper, like, yeah, like I'm just going to give it to you mm-hmm. and you'll enable me to, you know, be selected and yeah. have the strength and, you know, the ability to get past all the tests, yeah. you know, of trooper school to get here. I remember um, when you were in that process, you were taking like the personality assessment test or something like that. Uh-huh. I the remember evaluation. There was something that you knew what the answer they wanted was, but you were like, I'm not going to say that because I don't believe that. Do you remember what that was? It rings a bell, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, during so yeah, one of the so during the psych evaluation, uh-huh. um, no, this is yeah, during the psych evaluation, I think one of the questions was like, do you look forward, like, it's something like, do you look forward to dying? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right? To death. Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. It was, because, you know, they're trying to weed out people who have, like, psychological issues yeah. or people who are suicidal. They don't want people like that to be law enforcement, yeah, right? Yeah. And I, so I knew, like, I'm like, this is testing to see if, like, I have suicidal tendencies. <laughs> uh-huh. But as a Christian, I do look forward to death. <laughs> Like more than life sometimes. Right. Like we look forward to being with Jesus, being with him, just like Paul yeah. says that. Like, you know, I would rather be with the Lord. Mm. And so, yeah, that my genuine answer was, yeah, I look forward to death, mm. right? Did you actually Not, say that? So I wrote it down, yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't know because it, like, it, like, it was a yes or no sort of uh-huh. question. Uh-huh. So I couldn't elaborate, <laughs> you know, like because uh-huh. my, my life is great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, but you know, so just stuff like that. But yeah. I was just like, Lord, like I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honestly who I am. Yeah. And if they want me, then they will take me. Mm. Right. I'm not going to change who you have me to be to try to get this job. Mm. Because for me, those, those one of those moments where I'm like, God, you're going to go ahead of me mm. and I'm going to be who you, I think you want me to be. And if they want that, they will pick me mm. or you will enable them to pick me. Right. So there's a lot, there was a lot of moments like that, I mm. think during this process. Oh, wow. So, but then the fact that you got through it means that, you know, he obviously, God obviously wanted you to get through it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. 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 I want to say obviously, but yeah. Like, mm. it, it was more that helped me kind of, yeah, more towards like building the case that I think this is, right. God's okay with this, right. <laughs> you know, or this is what he wants me to do. Right. Because he's not like closing doors. Right. Did, so did anyone talk to you about that? Like, hey, I noticed you mentioned that you would rather <laughs> die. <laughs> um, I mean, then you went, go and talk to like a psychiatrist mm. and um i think that's kind of their check like mm. is this a crazy person you I know see. so i think when he talked to me he, maybe he was able to see that and i was like oh no he's this is just a he's just a christian <laughs> <laughs> just a christian boy you know <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so but yeah so i don't know how we got here but oh yeah my parents were not happy oh that's right my yeah. wife was cool finally you know because she just yeah, i support you right mm-hmm. and my parents were yeah totally they were this they were not okay with this at all. Wow. Yeah, they were so mad. So you got to experience what you like what normal Asian Americans get to experience before, usually, because you went into kind of the family business, so so to speak, right? Right. So I'm sure they were really happy when yeah. you first started. So but a lot of us, like when when I wanted to be an artist back in the day. I got a lot of resistance and my parents eventually won. But, you know, that's like... <laughs> wait, they, wait, wait. You, were, you wanted to be an artist? Yeah. Like, I, what kind of artist? I wanted to... So, I think the... I, I really enjoyed, like, painting. But I think mm-hmm. the career I wanted to go into was graphic design. Oh. But, yeah, my parents were like, no. 
So, oh, wow. So you got to face that in your mid thirties. Like, yeah. Kind of a, yeah. Wow. No, because yeah, it was, I think for them, it was like a dream for them to have their son become yeah. a pastor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it was such an honor for them to be mm-hmm. like, you know, cause you know, for them that being a pastor is, is, is one of the highest calls yeah. for them. And, uh, and honestly speaking, a lot of pastors, kids, like, very hit or miss. Some yeah. kind of like walking a really dark path yeah. sometimes. So. It, it is like that. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, I think they were very thankful and like, yeah, they were very proud that their son was a, a moksanim, you know, mm. a pastor. And they, yeah. and he was off there like serving the Korean American church and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that was just something that they, they were proud of that I think a lot of their friends were envious of almost, mm. mm-hmm. you know, like a lot because in the, in Korean ministry circles that's what you're proud of right. you're not like oh look at how rich my 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 child is mm-hmm. you know but it's like look at look at he's doing ministry he's serving mm-hmm. the lord and so when i told my 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 mom and my dad there they were just they couldn't understand mm-hmm. like you got call- this is a calling from god mm-hmm. right and i think for them like if you're called especially to be as a preacher as a pastor like that's that's a lifelong you don't walk away from that yeah you know and, and those who do it's because you failed, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like those who are no longer pastors, you look at, kind of look at them with shame. Yeah, you know, like we in hushed tones, like <laughs> remember him. You know, we don't talk about him. You know, like, like the one who didn't make it to the end. <laughs> he didn't finish his race, uh, sort of deal. Uh, and I think so. I think they're just like, what are you doing? Like, mm. you know, very upset. And they're like, they're like, I thought you wanted to serve the Lord. And I'm like, in my mind. I'm like, I do. And I still do. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm just trying to obey God the best I can. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I was hoping that this was a decision out of me obeying some of the urgings that I thought God was leading me to. To, um, that, I, I, It could have been very easy for me to just keep doing ministry. Because mm-hmm. everyone was really happy with what I was doing. At least I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was. I got very comfortable with my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was okay at it. And, um, yeah, no, I was at a, a, a wonderful church, uh, with amazing people, uh, awesome staff. Like I, I really could not have asked for a, a better setup mm. in terms of like church and ministry and the situation I was in. And it was like so great. Mm. And like people who ask like the cause usually people leave ministry because of the opposite, right? They leave because it's hard or they're burning out or they have, a, you know, church is bad or the congregation like is giving them trouble and, yeah. or something like that, or something really bad happened, like sexual sin or, you know, something mm-hmm. like some sort of moral failing mm-hmm. happened. And it wasn't that for me at all. Everything was, it was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought I could, I could live out the rest of my days serving this community mm-hmm. and they've been so good to me. Um, and, and my, you know, my senior pastor was, is amazing. And, uh, I really could not have, I felt so blessed. And so I was so, that's why th- this decision was so hard mm. to walk away from that. Mm. Uh, so just to clear things up, like your decision to leave was not affected in any way by, by the church, right? Because the church was great. There was no reason for you to want to leave the church other than kind of what you were Yeah, other than that, vision. like I felt like God wasn't giving me vision for mm. what to, where to take, it next Mm -hmm. right it wasn't uh, yeah and i felt like i need they needed a pastor who had that so then what was the reaction of your congregation when you told them uh i think 
Yeah, I think a lot of people were pretty shocked. Mm. I mean, everyone was because no one saw it coming. Yeah. It's not like in my sermons I would be like, oh, if I only I could be a police <laughs> officer. I, you know, I never like, I literally have never mentioned anything like that once, like in passing or anything. Like, yeah. oh, it's always been my dream to be a cop. But then I came in instead. Well, I was, became a, a pastor instead. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I think people are just shocked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I don't know, maybe they question like, hey, is he... Is he did you do something wrong, mm. you know, or I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think people were like, are you sure? I think that they were just like, are you sure? Like, like you really, you know, I think they were just really wanting to be like, is this what God wants? Cause I think a lot for some of them, they felt like, you know, you're doing, feels like you're doing pretty good here. Mm. Like it seems like, you know, God's used you at this church and are, you know, for this long. And I think, yeah, I think people just wanted me to stay. Mm. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. It'd have been better if they're like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Can't stand your sermons anyways. <laughs> you know? Mm, oh. So it definitely made it harder. Wow. So kind of on all fronts, it was not, you, it wasn't like anyone was saying, oh, you, you made a great choice. Like you didn't initially get the support that maybe you did get later on. Right? Yeah. I think I got support from other pastors. Mm. like oh, no one else was supportive but i think other guys who are that's in ministry when i'm like i think i'm I'm thinking about switching over to this mm. they're all like yeah man that's good they're all like <laughs> i don't know if they were just like they they also wanted to live vic- vicariously maybe they wanted an out <laughs> they, but they couldn't do it i don't know what it was but yeah. a lot of pastors and people in ministry were very supportive yeah. of me leaving mm. ministry. I don't know what that. I don't know if that. Now that I'm looking back, I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Did they want to get rid of competition? Yeah, they're trying to get rid of me. <laughs> like, what the heck, guys? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but that's that's interesting to hear because you know how we mentioned a lot of people in pastoral positions made changes. Yeah, like post, kind of mid post COVID. Do Do you think a lot of pastors kind of lost vision? I mean. Maybe it's either they, I think it's either they lost vision or the lack of vision was revealed, unveiled, mm. you know, because like, I think sometimes when you have just, you know, just the machine of church and just, you know, every, the, just everything you do, all the activities and the, all the stuff going on, mm-hmm. I think that can cover up the fact that maybe you don't have vision like <laughs> you know you're too busy to think about the bigger right, you just got to go on to yeah. the next thing but then when covid literally froze everyone in their tracks and we just sat there mm. just like it made us think about you know you kind of had to see what was really there right mm. so i think you know most, i don't know i can only speak from my own right yeah um i can't speak for anyone else or anyone else's ministry or, yeah. or whatever do you think you would be here now as a graduated state trooper if covid never happened probably not Mm. or i don't know i think there would have constantly still if i was still in ministry there would have been this really nagging sense of am i supposed to be here Mm. i think that that's something that was underneath the surface for longer than i I knew Mm. um and i think covid you know that whole thing like kind of brought it out and i had to really stare at it and be like what is this what is this feeling of i'm not sure if i'm supposed to be here anymore yeah you know that i've ignored for so long Mm -hmm. and then is this is this all stuff you kind of talk to your congregation about or was it just straight up 
hey guys, I'm leaving. See you next time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I don't think I, I don't know if I like, we had moments where we would have meetings and I think try to explain my heart because mm. I was still figuring it out too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm still figuring it out. I'm like, there's still times where I'm like, I look at this state trooper car in my driveway mm. and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? huh. Or like nights I'd wake up at trooper school in my dorm and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. am I, you know, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, am I ruining my family right now? Uh-huh. You know, like, is there moments when I'm getting, you know, OC sprayed or tased or, you know, moments where, you know, I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. have I made a huge mistake? You know? And so, you know, I, I would have to ask God yeah. to like show me. You, you know, um, surprisingly, there are, I know, I don't know about it anymore, but there were at one point a lot of people from Han Vision who listened to this podcast. So I don't know, if is there anything you want to tell them now that you've kind of had longer to... Because I'm sure, so for me, if I'm thinking, well, we had a transition in our pastoral position at my church as well. Right, you guys got a new pastor. Yeah, we have a new pastor. And our old pastor went to Han Vision. Yeah. There's a little shuffle there that happened. That's right. But um, yeah, I mean... If, like, be, thankfully, I was part of the leadership team, so I knew what was happening. But if I wasn't, I was just part of the congregation, and I heard our pastor was leaving, and that was that. I think I would feel some sort of way about it. Yeah. You know, like, maybe a little bit of abandonment. Yeah. A little bit of, like, what, like, why, what are the issues? So, is there anything you would want to say to your congregation, your former congregation, that they might not know about? Um... I don't, I don't know, because I don't know how what they know and what they don't. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least I try to be as transparent as possible mm-hmm. with my church. I, I usually am. Mm-hmm. I think if there's one thing I le- I try to leave, maybe my what mark I've made on that church is like just being transparent, mm-hmm. you know? Because they, and so I think that's something I really tried. Like I just try to be as honest as I could, answer any questions people had, and uh, I think people. I don't know. I hope they, they saw it coming because mm. like what they knew, I would let people know as soon as I, I knew mm. things. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I would hope that they just, you know, I try to communicate as clearly as I could, mm. like what, what my thoughts were and why I was trying to do things. And if I was, if they were confused, it's probably because I was confused mm. to be honest. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. Like I try not to spiritualize everything too much mm. either. Cause I think pastors tend to do that, you know, but I try to be as honest as I can, right? Mm-hmm. And this decision wasn't like this one snap, like God told me to go be a trooper. It was like, uh, there's a whole lot of things, yeah. right? It was like a like, lack of vision, parts of me that was bored, you know, like a little feeling like I wasn't practicing what I was preaching yeah. in my life. You know, there's like, I think a lot of things that were happening yeah. in my life that led to this decision. And Yeah, I, I think the position of pastor is unique in that it's so revered. But there's also like unspoken burdens of the position. There are a lot of spoken burdens, but also like unspoken in in the sense that like people start questioning your faith if if you make a change. Yeah. As a pastor, no, I yeah. Which is like probably people were like, oh, man, this did he yeah. like like did he do something uh-huh. right like uh-huh. or why is he leaving ministry? I think I think there was a lot of probably those kinds of suspicions yeah so for someone like me who can 
I can decide to leave my job whenever and I can do something else and no one questions anything. Right, they're like, oh, you know. <laughs> no one's like, are you sure? Like, have you prayed about it? Like, are, like no one no one really says that. Right, if you just switch a position to another job, like, oh, they're going to pay me more. Yeah. It's a better position over here. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, like, even with, like, when we have our, like, talks with, uh, and, like, you know, I was talk, like, thinking about, like. Yeah, getting a new job and yeah, another company. Like, certain things like that. And it wasn't, like, we were sitting there saying, all right, let's 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 hold hands and, like, let's, like, pray about this. Make sure that you're not making a, dis- like, mistake. It was more so, like, oh, do you, like, have you actually prayed about it? Okay, then what did God say? Like, you know, like, it was a very, like, whatever happens, it happens. It wasn't, there. there isn't really usually, like, resistance against someone saying, I'm going to make a career change. So I think, I do think that it, it is kind of unfair for pastors because they don't have that luxury. Like, it's almost like you're <clears throat> locked in. Like, once you are a pastor, yes, there's, like, no easy way to exit from that. So have you felt that kind of pressure? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it's the nature of the job. Because even just becoming a pastor, it's not just like you fill out a job application and you get in, mm-hmm. right? There's this whole communal, they lift you up mm-hmm. into this position. There's mm-hmm. this ordination and there's this recognition of... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you're you're a, you're like a certain position in people's lives mm. spiritually. So yeah, it's it's not just another job. Yeah, it's a unique occupation, right? It's yeah, it's not just. I'm not not to say other jobs aren't important, but this I think that there's a uniqueness to uh, the job of uh, of clergy. Yeah, right. We we occupy a unique space in people's lives. Mm. And therefore, and we mean something different to people, mm-hmm. right? You don't feel that towards your, I don't know, towards an accountant, yeah. right? There's not, or there's not like the spiritual relational, you know, sort of like, you know what I mean? Pastors are there when, when your family members die. Mm-hmm. They're there when your children are, are born, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're baptizing, you know, you or, or yeah, or, or your, or your children or things like that. They, they're there when you're getting married, when you're mm-hmm. making the most you know, important promises of your life, like, and all these things, I think, yeah, so I think that's, they tie that to, you know, that person, and when that person leaves, or switches, it's, it's, I don't think it's easy, yeah, right, and I don't think it's easy for that person to just also leave that either, right, Mm -hmm. because those relational ties really, yeah, build your life, yeah, right, yeah, I think knowing that, I'm hoping that if there are anybody if there were any people in your congregation who felt any sort of negative feelings, that they would have sympathy, um, kind of for the position that you were in, you know, you were, re- you really were stuck between a rock and a hard place because like, yeah, leaving the, your job as a pastor, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but staying also wasn't easy for you in that season. So yeah. Anybody from Han Vision listening, please, uh, have sympathy in that regard yeah right <laughs> yeah if you felt abandoned you were <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, it's okay yeah. i think i mean if they felt like hurt or sad mm-hmm. um it's probably because the you know the things that we the time that we shared in that way meant something mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean yeah if they didn't feel anything then i think that would be sad yeah right yeah. They felt nothing about like, eh, we'll get another guy. Mm. But the other guy is great, so <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. 
Shout outs to Pastor John. Yeah, <laughs> they got an upgrade, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I think I will say this. You guys are unique. I, I don't know that I would compare you two. You no, guys yeah. have such different styles. Oh, yeah, we're very. He is tall. I'm short. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're like even preaching styles. I think I've only really heard you preach like one or two, two times, but even then I can tell like very different preaching styles. Even the way that you guys do relationships is very different. So, no, they're, they're getting uh, something new and something different. But yeah, no, he's John is gifted in all the ways I think I was lacking, or I, the ways that I was a little less gifted in mm-hmm. in the terms of a pastor. Mm. I think uh, so. I think that's really. I think it was a really good. I think it was God thing, to mm. be honest. Mm. You know. But I'm I'm sure there were things that you were more gifted in. That yeah, you know. no, for sure. Because I mean, <clears throat> biblically, I don't think there was a position of what we call a pastor now, mm-hmm. right? There was different parts of the body, right, that was actually supposed to fulfill like what we expect one pastor to fulfill now, mm-hmm. right? Like there was. There was there was preachers, there were prophets, there were apostles, evangelists, teachers, and pastors, mm. and you know, and like those are all different things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're all different people who had different giftings yeah. in these different things. And I think nowadays we all kind of lump it together and expect one guy to be all of those things, mm. and we call that the pastor of the church, mm. who needs to be the evangelist, the apostle, the prophet who hears from God, the preacher, and the teacher. <laughs> And right. the one who pastors you relationally and are there for you, right? Yeah. And counsels you and yeah. all these things. And that's really I don't I don't even know if I've met anyone who's who can do all those things well, right? right? Yeah. And so I think, yeah, we're we're just you know, I, I think I was more of a of a preacher. Um and then I think, you know, that's where one of my strengths. I think, you know, John is like a pastor. Mm. Like, you know, you know. Yeah. If anyone you know, like he's like the way he loves and pastors over people and the way he's there for you when when you're having times of crisis and things yeah. like that like there's an, i can't do those things as well as he can mm. you know and i always felt really guilty towards my church because i couldn't do those things mm. you know so wow man that's uh because honestly you know it's funny like I thought we were going to talk about more about like the trooper school, like, you know, the, <laughs> uh-huh. the cop stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we're like, we're ending up talking about pastor stuff. So I like, if anyone expected, I'm sorry for whoever was listening. Cause they're probably like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about pastor stuff. This is boring. No, but I, I, <laughs> I think it's boring. I think it's interesting because it's things that we're usually not privy to. Yeah. In terms of like the, the things that pastors go to, the hard decisions that they have to make. And you know, like just even like, how you guys pray through things like as a person who's just a member of a church we usually just see the end result the pastor comes up and says hey guys i've been praying about this i think we should do this so like all, all the things that kind of come before that and all the like trials and tribulations you go through in that process it's not something we hear that often about and this whole i'm so fascinated by what happened during covid to people in ministry because it's again the sample size isn't that big but the percentage of the sample size is so large that it, i'm convinced that it's not it's not a coincidence that so many pastors like made a change at the same time so like i'm trying to see like you know how you were saying that maybe it's like god just revealing certain things in the quiet and slowness of covid ministry right during that that season so yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know, but I'm just trying to figure out, find out more about it. 
It was uh, for me. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, maybe for every pastor, it was something different. Like, but I want to know if, like, it makes me think that God was working in these pastors, used like the COVID downtime to really work in these pastors to like do something. But like, I want to, I want to be aware of it because I feel like maybe he's like getting something ready for something else to happen or, I don't know, maybe he's like reshuffling things just to spice things up. Like, who knows, right? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what God's doing. Yeah. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. But I, <laughs> you know? I just think it's, it's very I, interesting. And I hope I'm here for it, you know, <laughs> whatever he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I can't, I can't think of another time where something like this happened to have caused so many like changes in yeah. our community, right? Yeah. I mean, COVID by itself is huge, but. Yeah, that and everything else. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the Trooper School. How was Trooper School? Well, I'm not. I'm not so sucked, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not so interested in that because I think everyone knows that you know boot camp for like law enforcement must be terrible, physically grueling. Right. Grueling. Um, and I think I did talk to um a different law enforcement friend of mine who was on here, who chose to be anonymous okay uh, yeah <laughs> and he did he did uh talk a little bit about how miserable he was and i remember when that you say secret law enforcement friend that uh, wants to be anonymous it uh, makes it sound like you were talking to batman oh maybe it's like a man who fights crime but <laughs> no he wasn't he was definitely a trooper he wouldn't he take did. he wouldn't take off his mask because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember um at the time when i talked to him he was just saying you guys run all the time did you mask his voice on no. the podcast? No. Oh, okay. He has a pretty unique voice. So people who know him know, but <laughs> he just didn't want his name attached to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Well, is it as physically grueling as we all expected? to Yeah, be? no. I mean, we have a, we had a bunch of pre-military guys who were in our class. And I asked them. I was just mm. like, what was harder? Your military training or this? And mm. they're like, this was significantly harder. Wow. Which I was surprised. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of military guys dropped out. Wow. Mostly, yeah, like I only I think the only like Marines and the National Guards were the only guys left. All the other branches, <laughs> pre military guys all dropped out. Mm. So I don't know what that says about them. Yeah. <laughs> all the other ones, but uh. you know, the Marines and those guys stuck around. Uh. So I mean, like did it ever make you like question your decision while you were going through this i think so i mean because mm. i is just um yeah it was really hard mm. uh, i think being away from your family is really hard because usually you're you're single and you're not married a lot of single married unmarried guys are there so they're you're but for the married people with their kids you're just away mm. you're doing this and your wife and your they have to hold it down mm. and i think that was probably the at least for me the hardest part being away from the family yeah um yeah, physically, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously it's hard. It's just a bunch of, we're working out. We carry these, like these 45-pound sandbags everywhere mm. we go mm. just in case they want to smoke us, which mm. is their term for when we get punished, mm. and which is usually they'll scream at us, we'll run out into the parking lot or a hill, and then we'll just do burpees with sandbags, running up and down the hill, rolling down the hill, cr army crawling across fire ants. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. like, they just look for ways to torture you uh. to like, because someone didn't push in their chair. Mm. You know, it's very military. Like mm. everything has to be very squared away. And if 
someone forgets if everyone's not wearing the same clothes or if someone's like someone's shoe boots are not shined that day mm-hmm. or someone didn't make their bed and it gets caught and then we all just get smoked oh, <laughs> like gosh. it happens like over and over and over again this is to like really grind people down <laughs> and to break you down mm-hmm. and and anyone who's like not very detail oriented or someone who's like not paying attention it mm-hmm. It's to like single those people out mm. and to hopefully get them to quit, mm. you know, because we don't want people like that. Yeah. Like law enforcement, you have to be, you have to be meticulous. You have to be extremely, you have to be vigilant. You have to be watchful. Mm. You have to, you know, your, our job is to watch yeah. and look for things that are not the way it's supposed to be and go after it. Mm. Look for things that are not in place. Mm. And I think the, it, this, the training kind of does that mm. to you. Wow. And it filters out a certain kind of people who are who either cannot learn that or who are not like that and tries to like get rid of them mm. pretty much. And so it does a lot of that. Wow. You know, and you've already done your field training, right? So you've kind of, you've been out there as a police officer already, right? Yeah. For about three months. Yeah. So has it satiated your need for danger? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is... It is uh, all the danger that I think I could have wanted, mm. you know, mm. and I no longer seek danger on my off time <laughs> right. because it's every day is plenty dangerous, man. Mm. Um, I mean, trooper school, like when we we're in the academy, we did a lot of like, you know, crazy things like we were doing, you know, high speed driving on the track where we we're just racing around like, you know, 100 plus miles an hour, like taking turns. Mm. We were wrecking cars like mm. into guardrails and you know, f- you know, spinning cars around and we, you know, lots of shoot, we did lots of shooting and, uh, you know, a lot of combat where, you know, they're teaching us to fight and mm. take people down and, you know, we're doing all that stuff. That stuff's like high, high speed, high adrenaline, um, things that are like really exciting, mm-hmm. but none of it was, it wasn't like, I mean, it was like nerve, you know, there's things that were scary, but there, none of it was dangerous. Because it was training. Right. You're in a training environment. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, they, they try to make it as dangerous without it actually being dangerous because they don't want to hurt their cadets. Yeah. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is to teach you. Um, but then the second we hit the road, now it's like all the gloves are off. Mm. You could die at any moment. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just every traffic stop, routine traffic stop can turn into a shootout mm. where you don't know who you're about to give a speeding ticket to. You're walking up to a car. You don't know who this person is if they have warrants like if they have felony warrants on them they could be wanted for murder or wanted for whatever and they know that you're the only thing standing between them and going back to prison Mm. and so what are they going to do especially if they've already they're wanted for something really violent yeah like there's there's nothing to lose at that point Mm. right besides you're the only thing standing in their way Mm. from going away and so, you know, you, that that's a possibility every single time. And like the last trooper that was killed in the line of duty, um, he, w- he was doing a routine traffic stop. And he was an amazing, you know, from what I hear, he was an incredible trooper, very squared away, like always, you know, like he, it's not like he was a lazy trooper that got complacent. He was a guy who was just, mm. he did everything right. And he, he, he does a traffic stop, walks up, the car is tinted out so you can't see it. And the driver because you can't see in the car he get, he gets crawled from the front seat crawls to the back seat shoots and kills the trooper straight out the back window oh my there's nothing he could have done yeah 
you know, he could have tactically tried to take every advantage, but you know, his job is to walk up to the car and see who's in there. And before he even walk up, he just got shot straight out the window and you know, he was killed. And so that's in the back of your mind, right? All when you're, when you're doing this job Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I mean, so and that's in the, that's just one example of the many dangerous situations that you could be in every day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's you know, there's that that if you wanted danger, <laughs> which I thought I wanted, yeah. you know, I I kind of got I got that, you know, mm-hmm. and even in our three months of just training as cadets out there, like yeah, like uh, you know, I got involved in a chase, um, which is pretty thrilling but also really scary because we're no longer on the track anymore Mm -hmm. right um like you make wrong one wrong move and you know in a chase and then you can get killed Mm -hmm. you can kill someone or you can get killed i think that's the scary thing like Mm -hmm. this job like the high stress is because the cameras are always on you like you know whenever you're doing your job imagine if you're being filmed all the time and whatever you're being filmed is going to be brought before a court and Mm -hmm. a judge and you can get a you can go to prison if you make a mistake or do something wrong, or you can get sued for all of your money, or or you can get killed mm. if you don't do something. You know, do, and that's always the risk of mm. going to work every day, mm. right? I mean, there's very few pr- professions where I think like when you make a mistake at work, like the, the consequences are, are that big, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, if you're a doctor, you make a mistake, you can, someone can die, yeah, but you won't die. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Unless you make a huge mistake, right? Well, unless you make a huge, mistake. I don't know how you would die <laughs> yeah. when you're, you know, the doctor. Mm. But like in this profession, like, yeah, there's those things are always hanging over you, mm. right? Yeah. And um, it's kind, of, yeah, it's a, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's something that even trooper school can prepare you for. Mm. It's like you get out there and then you realize, like, can I handle this or not? Mm. You know. I personally, I don't think I would ever be able to handle something like that. Like I would go out of my mind with anxiety every time I went to work. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's a lot. Yeah, I think. And so I think that's something people who are in law enforcement they deal with that every single day. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then you see why a lot of law enforcement they, you know, they deal with it in a lot of unhealthy ways, right? Uh, like drinking and yeah there's a lot out you know a lot of people turn mm-hmm. to alcoholism or there's a lot of like you know people always joke like cops like beat their wives or whatever there's mm-hmm. like family you know a lot of family issues mm-hmm. because cops have you know or first responders they have like uh they have weird hours right mm-hmm. they're they're you know lots of they're working all night sleeping during the day sometimes they get called out if there's an emergency if there's a riot i have to go you know in, in atlanta we gotta gear up put on a riot gear and, and get there and yeah. we have to be there until it's over you know and yeah you're 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 not there all the time and uh, we have weird hours and our schedules are always changing they're not you know it's not just nine to five Mm -hmm. you know monday through friday it's it's different every day Mm -hmm. so sometimes you're there sometimes you're not and uh we don't even get paid that much (laughs) you know and it's like you don't get paid that much it's super dangerous and it's not really steady and it like ruins your family life Mm -hmm. like well you know they ruin it but it doesn't help Mm -hmm. Right, it's kind of almost sets you up for divorce or for unstable family. You have to really work mm. to keep your family relationships healthy and you healthy while you're doing this job, and there's not much help. Mm. You know, wow, yeah, yeah. I remember my my friend that I was talking about. It was when like riots were happening like kind of regularly, and like I was watching it on the TV, and like it started getting really bad and 
I don't know. I forget why, but I think I heard from his mom, like, hey, do you know where he is? Like, I'm not sure where he is. And so, like, we were, like, we're all, like, texting him and, like, trying to figure out, like, if he was okay, like, what was happening. And later we found out he was, like, somewhere else protecting something else. So he wasn't even in the riots that we were watching on TV. But there, there was that moment of, like, even just as a friend, like, anxiety in, like, not knowing what could possibly be happening to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for the person going through it, I, I can't even imagine the... The level of concern and, and worry yeah no i mean it's it's very real mm. and the thing is it's getting worse mm. as they, that's what they said like, like shootings against off you know against law enforcement and these things are happening more frequently than ever before mm. and the trajectory is just it's just getting worse yeah um like I mean, th- things that we're we're experiencing even as cadets mm. who've been out for before we even graduated when we were out on the on the road like we got into more like violent situations as a class than any other class before really yeah we got in more like really crazy situations like chases shootings fights like you know we literally came back from our field training a lot of you know guys had injuries like you know i you know we had like hand like injuries people were like you know busted mm-hmm. up people were you know fights and um, even like yeah even even a shooting people like got into to that mm. as, as cadets and mm. that's not really something you expected like we're still in training yeah and those things happened and they're like hey, this is a different world right now mm. in law enforcement the job it, this already pretty dangerous job mm. is has gotten much more dangerous in the last couple of years yeah well, well uh we'll be praying for you yeah that you stay safe out there yeah i mean it's just even knowing how much crime rates are going up in the in atlanta that's yeah crazy times we're living in it is pretty wild yeah so do you do you think you'll ever go back to like ministry as a pastor um you know it's up to god Mm. but i i think so so i don't think that the call of ministry is i don't think it's done Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever stepped out to be honest Mm -hmm. because in my mind I'm still here to do, I'm still here to just to share the word of God with people and to try to live out the love of Jesus Mm. wherever I go, Mm. you know? And uh, I don't think I've ever stopped. Mm. I thought I, I wanted to, but I can't like even in trooper school, like they elected me chaplain and I ended up like sharing the word of God every single day with my, my, my class. Yeah. Yeah. And um, telling me about that. Yeah. And then just random, like share the gospel with more, you know, people outside of the church, I think, over this time than I have in maybe ever. Mm. And, and um, yeah, and I think, like, like the nature of the job is you're dealing with people who are having a very bad day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or people who are in a very dark place because mm. those are the people we're dealing with just by the nature of the job. Mm. And I get to be there in those really critical moments. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I got to do my job, but at the same time, but I also can you know, try to share like the love of Jesus for these human beings who've made lots of mistakes mm. in a, probably from a source they're not going to be expecting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, they say like the, the darker the night is like the more evident, like the, you know, light is. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, if you're in a place that's already have lots of lights and you turn on your, your flashlight, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. 
but you go into a place that's pitch black you turn on your flashlight it changes everything mm. mm-hmm. you know and i'm hoping that me trying my best to hold on to my faith and to live it out as faithfully as i can um in this profession while as long as god has me here can do something like that not just for people that were dealing like violators but also within mm. you know because you know, like I said, like this is a hard job and it really takes a toll on the people who do it Yeah, and uh, can't help but to turn to things that are destructive. And, you know, like I want to be like, there's, there's some, you know, I, I know a guy who can help with that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> have you heard of him? <laughs> you know, like, and um, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm still, I, you know, like I'm not like the your friend that you brought on like who's who's done it for years. I'm I'm just starting, mm. right? Mm. So I'm I might be saying things I've I have no right to be speaking into right now. No, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very drastic change that you've made. But kind of hearing all of this, like your thought process laid out, it kind of like yeah, I'm like oh, okay, it kind of makes sense to me now. So I'm I'm hoping that. I mean, especially for the um, people at your old church, if, if they had any questions remaining, that a lot of this would have cleared it up. And I am, I will say I admire your convictions, like your willingness to kind of live out your convictions. Because it would, it would have been really easy, even if you didn't have um, like vision, it would have been easy to just continue being pastor at your church. You know, you know how to do it. You know how to do it well. You could have just kept doing it, but, you know, you, you lived up to like the conviction that you felt. So yeah, I, I want to say I admire that. And I think it takes a lot of, uh, faith to do stuff like that. So. Well, thanks man. Yeah. yeah. I like being admired. Yeah. (laughs) You're a very admirable guy. I don't know if you know, Joe, but a lot of things you do on that last question I want to ask, um, is. Do you think you'll uh, start um, Service Network back up again? <laughs> I, I think I literally mention this every time I see you these no, days. No, you do. <laughs> um, but just for context, so Service Network was a kind of a group that you created, what, man, years ago. Yeah. Like five? It was before your kids were born, so. For sure. Definitely. I, do you remember when exactly it was? 2000? That was a long time ago. Yeah, but... but it was um, you kind of had this vision of creating a network of pastors and lay leaders in Atlanta to kind of encourage each other and help each other, you know, do ministry well and to do ministry together. Right. And so um, for up until COVID, actually, even during COVID, we had something like planned to do. I remember because it was supposed to be at our house. It was March and the next meeting was going to be at our house. We were going to do like burgers and stuff, but that's when COVID happened. So we had to cancel it, but we would just, you know, invite other uh, ministry leaders and, you know, pray for each other and get to know each other and encourage each other. Right. So are you, are you uh, thinking of starting that back up? Yeah. And I, th- I think eventually, mm. yeah, I think once, um, like I said, like once I get into, be- into the rhythm of this job, mm. get a handle on it, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I'd love to do that again. Because yeah. even like one of the demographic changes that happened co- during COVID is a lot of people from like California and like New York have been coming into um, Georgia. 
So well, welcome. Yeah, welcome everyone. <laughs> so there are even my pastor, my new pastor. Um, he doesn't really know other pastors in Atlanta, in in this area, Metro Atlanta area. So, like, it would be cool for people that thought they were alone in Georgia doing this to be able to come together and you know meet like-minded people and and to encourage one another. Yeah. Well, instead of just me, maybe uh-huh. we can do it together. Yeah. Yeah, you know? whatever you need, I'm, I'm, I will help. Yeah, because, yeah, I still, I'm a f- huge, firm believer of the vision of service network. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, because it's always like, why we're all trying to do church. Yeah, like why not? You know, yeah, come together and and help each other and, you know, like you know, like just not be in our separate little pockets, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean. W- can only help right to have relationships with other people yeah and i think it makes i think god likes it (laughs) (laughs) and he likes that kind of stuff yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm I'm gonna keep bugging you about that until we finally have something on the calendar to do something well that's good i'm glad you are yeah you know because if god's putting it on your heart you know and i trust you Mm. you don't just be saying it no because i will say this the moment that i heard that you were leaving on vision i think well the first thought was why and then like i was like suspicious because i because i hadn't talked to you at this point so i was suspicious is like is it god's calling or is this something that god's doing or is this like a spiritual attack from the devil mm-hmm. you know like that's that's my initial thought because of all the other things that were happening right right in, in the background like with with like my church and my pastor and all that so, but uh, the next thought that I had, though, was, oh, this will free up Joe to do service network. Because if you remember, when you first started service network, right, I was part of a church. You weren't you weren't a part of a church at that time. And right. you were like, oh, this is going to be great because I'm freed up to do this because I don't have a church of my own right now. Right. Yeah. So. I also didn't have a job, really. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is true. I guess you have a very uh, taxing job, so... Maybe you're not too freed up to do it, but no, I think I think I can. We'll we'll be able to do it again. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think it'd be good. Yeah. Well, uh, Joe, any any last thoughts before we end the podcast episode? Um, no, I mean, you know, as always, it's always good to. It's always you know you always it's always hesitant to come on mm. because you know like what do you have to say right <laughs> and but then you know it's always good you're yeah. good it's always fun to talk and to hang out yeah yeah I I love this. I, cause we've talked a lot about you leaving church and, and you starting your journey as a trooper, but I don't think I felt worthy. I don't know if worthy is the right word. I, I don't know if I felt it appropriate enough for me to dig as deeply as I did today to ask you kind of the more, uh, intentional questions. That Still I wasn't, wasn't appropriate. <laughs> I can't believe you asked me these questions. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for next time. No, no, but no. I think thanks for um, agreeing to do this. Um, yeah, I, no, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I'm honored to be on on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I hope hope you guys enjoyed as well. Um, yeah, if you if you guys see Pastor Joe out and about, you know, shake his hand and uh, thank him. You, for... If you see me out and about, you're probably doing something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do you need to be seeing this trooper? That's right. <laughs> Just drive right. safe, everyone. Yeah. Get keep stay off your phones while you're driving, or else <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> you heard it here. That's right. All right. Thank you, Joe, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching and listening.
Bye. Bye.